honestly, until until about three or four years ago, I really kept thinking there was going to be this moment where the the arms of medicine open up and grasp us and hug us and say, oh my God, you were so right. Chiropractors and other practitioners that can't draw from bone that are drawing from adipose fat tissue and saying, this is a stem cell, here it is. I have no problem with anything. An alternative healthcare provider does not mean that they don't know what they're doing. Why don't more people know about this? Why is this information so hard to access? Welcome to the Zero Downside Podcast with Dr. Wade McKenna, sponsored by MoabTexas.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Zero Downside. Today, our topic is really about our why and why we decide to continue doing this podcast and we're going to go into a discussion about our marketing efforts, our social media presence, how that's evolved and affected our business overall, and you know, just why we keep going, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like everything we do is making a giant difference or you know, the analytics aren't telling us that we're doing amazing, even though we're putting in all of this time and effort. And I think we just want to have that conversation that we are experts in this field, or I'm not an expert in the scientific field, but I work with some amazing and incredible people who were all just trying to make a difference and a change and fight the fight of, you know, Western medicine, alternative medicines, everything that, you know, you get pushed every day to believe, to just accept as your considered care. So I think, I think patient advocacy. Right? Yeah, patient yeah. advocacy. We right. are I mean, I, I mean, the free agent here. Right. right. <laughs> well, and, and honestly, Hannah's the one that's had to try to manage the storm because I, it's difficult when I really, I mean, Hannah makes fun of me because I don't even have Facebook right now. Right. Like it's not, uh, I mean, Hannah had to kind of sign up for this battle. I mean, the whole way we met is me reaching out. She has a marketing company um, at the time. And and I was, hey, what can you do for us? I mean, we didn't even really have a website. No, there was but, not a good website. There wasn't anything that clearly defined any of the important things that you do. It was very right. much spa related and it, it covered or, the basics. Or just the orthopedic or side. Or just the orthopedic right. side. But right. I, you know, got really passionate about helping you and everybody in the team just because I saw so much potential and the potential wasn't being highlighted. And it was, I was just like, why don't more people know about this? Why is this information so hard to access? Why don't you have the credits that you have rightfully earned and deserve with all of your hard work and you know time that you've dedicated throughout a lot of your life to this whole scope of medicine? And well, so you, you pointed out pretty quick to me, you're like, okay, so this guy, this guy, and this guy have bigger presence on what you taught them than you do. And you've been doing it for 10 years. They've been doing it for six months. I was like, oh, ouch, ow, wow. Well, but at the time, and for me, really, I didn't, why is that important, right? I mean, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, we're mm -hmm. busy. Mm -hmm. It's like there, we show up and there's nothing to do. Mm -hmm. um, and especially at the time when I was still doing a lot of general orthopedics, I mean, the appointment, when you're booked out six weeks, you know what you don't feel like you need to do? Market, <laughs> right? I mean, I don't, um, website, marketing, but the, the commerce stuff that Mike does, the e-commerce, like I had, no, no, I didn't matter. 
like, oh, we here, there's a code, we do this. And, and oh, here's the stuff outside of that, that I worked really, really hard on. And that's 20 years of a passion project. But when then it became such a keyword and, and to be fair, all of the marketing stuff, all of the, and I looked at the podcast as what I'm hoping is the patience that we have use it as a education source, right? Like I wanted it to be, cause I, I can't spend 15 hours with the patient, but we can get 15 hours of content out there that describe what, why, how the specifics of something. So when people watch it, um, I've never had to worry about being the authority in what we do because I went to college, grad school, medical school, internship, mm -hmm. residency, fellowship. Oh, and I have 26 years of private practice surgery experience. So but I don't ever feel challenged as far as whether I'm the authority on what we do or what we're saying ever. But we, I was fighting really hard because I really thought, especially before you've you know, two, three years now, Two and a half, two, yeah. Really with you. 20. 20 <laughs> but, but for sure, five or six as far as trying to make a dent in in, in the narrative, right? Yeah. Um, but so, but for me, honestly, until, until about three or four years ago, I really kept thinking there was going to be this moment where the, the arms of medicine open up and grasp us and hug us and say, oh my God, mm. you were so right. The infection risk in what you do is nothing. You have the lowest infection rate in the Baylor healthcare system. You haven't had a surgical IND in 20 years. How do we all do it like that? Yeah. And, and oh, you know, I'd love to take the credit for that, but it's it's bone right? I mean, it's mm. the cellular concentrate. And, and, every, and there's people like, well, there's nothing. I, we still get, there's nothing published on that. And I would be like, there's 6,500 papers just published with the, the machine we use to spin the cells out. And there's five of those different mm -hmm. companies goes back to the same IP, but, but really, um, I, I really thought, but then you look up and it's, you've been doing this for 10, 15 years mm -hmm. and you're still having to fight daily with some patient coming in saying, well, I talked to my other patient on, on yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, no, uh, Wednesday. Well, my, I talked to my spine guy about it and he said that stem cells are a waste of time. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. So I get the term stem mm -hmm. cells may be a waste of time, but bone marrow aspirate concentrate some of the best published studies on fusion rates and the changing of success of the surgery have been published in 98, mm. right? So there was a part of me before Hannah, before marketing, before the podcast, before Instagram. Before digital media. Before digital media <laughs> yeah. altogether. Like I literally have no digital media presence. I still don't have a Facebook. Like my face, I had a personal Facebook when my mom was alive because it was a place for her to see yeah. my kids' pictures. All my stuff got hacked. Still haven't got my Facebook back. Still haven't got Vimo back. Um, I think the the TikTok nonsense that that was added like a week ago, and it has like one hundred and ten thousand likes or something already, and like six hundred thousand views. I don't even know what that is. Mm -hmm. Right? To be like, fair, you the, are a phenomenal dancer. <laughs> that's a large part fair. of it. The, so that's mm -hmm. that's that's the most surprising thing, right? Yeah. Is a twenty second video of me embarrassing the people I was with at a, at a CVS is the thing that has uh, made a meme out of, of it. Views. Yeah. TikTok loves a meme. <laughs> um, but, but I, but for me, I didn't think any of that was important because mm -hmm. I really thought that the arms of Western medicine would have opened us up, ingratiated what we do and mm -hmm. absorbed all that. I, 
I thought there would be a code for it already because because there's so many things that what we do is so much more cost effective, right? If you're paying you're paying out of your pocket for a shoulder surgery, and and a hospital charge is on an EOB is sixty grand for a rotator cuff, and you have a partial thinnest tear. And we could have just injected that in the clinic with your marrow, a little bit of di- a little bit of a postnatal tissue graft, and done it under anesthesia where you had no pain or problems, and we did an arthrogram. The cost of that's a couple thousand bucks. If you're paying out of your pocket, and you want to pay sixty thousand dollars for a surgery, be in a sling six eight weeks, go to therapy for two three months, still have pain at six to twelve months, mm. and oh by the way, what's published with the surgery is a thirty percent failure rate at six months. Mm. And that's in all studies. Like no matter who the surgeon is, if he's doing your rotator cuff without cells, he should look you in the eye and say, there's a 30% failure rate. So not having a 30% failure rate because we've used bone marrow in every rotator cuff we've done for the last 20 years. I, I really thought that I didn't need digital marketing and social media presence because we would be world renowned already because mm-hmm. we've changed the narrative and we've been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. And then Mike points out that his mom goes online and what was her comment about the stem cell part of what we do? Oh gosh. You know, my, my mom loves the show. You know, she and my dad sit down Tuesday, five o'clock. They, they grab their dinner. They eat early. They're older, right? They, they, they do the blue. Oh, I get special. it. Yeah. I, get it. <laughs> okay, I love you, mom. I promise. Um, the, the thing about my mom is she's my toughest critic. You know, she'll tell me I slouch too much on the episode or this or that. But the comment she made is, look, we wanted to learn more about stem cells and bone marrow. And all we could find online is, you know, there's 20 year old videos out there of chiropractors and other practitioners that can't draw from bone that are drawing from adipose fat tissue and saying, this is a stem cell. Here it is. And so YouTube is a great search engine, right? It's widely utilized and it shocked us both. Which is why I really thought that the, the podcast was the way to get the narrative out. And as it turns out, maybe it's it's certainly it's certainly good um for patient education because i do think that the patients use it as a resource which is what we wanted anyway yeah right but in in her search engine you know you're you're going to find videos out there you just look up through youtube or google it's always going to point back toward youtube but you'll see videos out there of adipose tissue being accepted this stem cell and this stem cell are going to be exactly equal and that's not the case uh and a lot of it is limitations on the practitioner and where they can draw cells well, from and, and, look, and look i get look it, the it easy also way, though, too. it's chiropractors nurse practitioners nutriopathic physicians right. i don't even license in texas um but the reason why is and look i have no problem with anything an alternative healthcare provider does not mean that they don't know what they're doing, right? I, I tend towards certainly the holistic, non-traditional side in my head all the time anyway. But I did all, I checked all the marks because I never wanted someone to be able to look at me crosswise and question my opinion. It doesn't mean people still don't, mm. but but I didn't want my education to be the limiting factor in someone's trust in me, right? because I did give away my twenties and half my thirties to be able to do this. And, and so, and I, and, but I don't think people have to, I I do think that you can get it and click and help someone as an alternative healthcare provider. Mm -hmm. And, but I don't think that makes you the authority in all of pathophysiology. I don't think that when you have one cool toy that you can uh, uh, hit so many targets with it all the time. Right. And the one problem with this business model is, when you have the cells and the volume and the, how the body uses it for everything, 
it's hard to hone down your message, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the, the list of services when, when your people come in and they'll, you know, and Hannah'll have to deal with the questions of, well, I didn't even know you guys did this or did this or did this. And she's like, yeah, like, like it's the cell that makes your hair grow. It's the way that you can look younger with your skin. That is the physiology of how the And so when a surgeon says, oh, I pay on patient stem cells, it's not gonna help you. My question is like, well, what, when you cut on someone and it does fuse, what was the way, how did it do that, right? You know how it did it? You mobilized yourself, your cells and your stem cells helped you heal. All we're doing is helping the body do a better job with that. But you can't say, I don't believe in stem cells because I mean, my question is always, do you, do you not believe they exist? Like these are the cells from marrow. They've been really well studied. We understand what a cell surface marker looks like. There's 600 different, what's called a CD marker for the cell. We know the ones we want, CD79, CD101. There's certain, we know that a CD34, the hemopoietic cells, we, we understand all those. Like there's not a question of is stem cells a thing. Mm. There's not a question of how does the body heal. Mm. So when someone says, I don't believe, it's like, okay, well, I get it. If you're doing it wrong, if you're taking it from fat. Yeah. And look, there's a lot of ways to take it from fat and do it right. Correct. Just not in the U.S. Right. Mm. Not you, legal Use the, the best tool you have at your disposal. Do I, did, did, have I used fat cells in a previous point in the career in the U.S.? Yeah. 100%. Before 08. And, and would I do it now to help, especially for like fat grafting? Yes. Someone has a big soft tissue defect. Someone has, um, a, you know, even we have a lot of patients who get a steroid shot in their butt from some doctor. The whole thing gets cavitary, it scars. They have this big lesion where it looks like they have a, a someone took a chunk out of them because they get soft tissue necrosis. And fat grafting is the best way to handle that. But fat grafting is, can be a pretty invasive procedure and has like a 30% shrinkage rate unless you add cells to it. If you put bone marrow or even PRP mm-hmm. in your fat graft, it doesn't shrink, <clears throat> maybe 10%. So, so do I think fat for fat grafting is really important? Yes, right? So it's not that I don't think there's a purpose for it, but when someone's trying to compare like Mike's mom, stem cells from fat, why go, you guys just do that instead of that bone marrow harvesting? Well, cause it's not the same, right? Like these are the cells your body mobilizes to help you heal. Look, I, I get how far it's come. When mm-hmm. we started doing bone marrow as a trauma surgeon, I would worry that when you, cause we were using it to inject fractures that weren't healing, right? Or, or trying to fuse a small joint in a wrist that had gone bad because of a bad fracture that healed poorly or fuse an ankle or fu- in the lumbar spine. And, we were worried that if it leaked out, you might grow bone where, where the cells went. Cause the only thing we thought is you put these concentrated marrow cells there, it was there to grow bone. Mm-hmm. Or if when you put it in a knee, it would grow cartilage, but we were afraid maybe you grow cartilage in the capsule or we have to, how do you contain it? How does the cells know where to be? How do you keep the cells on the joint surface? That wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And that was me, like not a med student. That was me wondering like, how, do I need to create a patch for these? Do I need to put it on the leash? No. You need to provoke the body's ability to heal because it has the ability to generate cartilage if you push it in the right direction, right? So I get how far it's come, but my whole narrative on the reason for any of this is because that's, that message is really difficult to convey, or at least the service is difficult to convey. Western medicine hates everything we do. And with Han- when, when Hannah and when the marketing stuff really started this last two years, it was finally because I realized, and it was a big stress on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. 
I don't need to try to change someone's religion of Western medicine. Me teaching other doctors or trying to speak to patients about the, 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 the hospital boards and stuff was not hitting the mark. It was a waste of time. Mm. They're never going to want to enamor something that's not part of their religion. And if the religion is paid for and bought by big pharma or by the people that own big pharma and the, you know, the same guys on big pharma own, own the insurance companies, own the hospital networks, own the providers, and now own all the doctors and the because, PBMs and the yeah, pharmacies, all yeah, the pharmacies, the, all the, uh, because their goal mm -hmm. is not to provide care. It's to be a third of the GDP. They want that piece of pie. Yeah. So, and, and it's not, well, you would think the insurance companies want to save money. No, because they're spending it with other company that the other guy owns too. So they're just switching money from one pocket to the other. The self-insured kind of insurance plans, the Christian healthcare networks, the Good Samaritans, the MediShares out there that are at risk, they reimburse patients for sales all the time mm -hmm. because it saves them a ton of money. But we, I spent my whole career focused on the, the people I was never gonna convince. And because I didn't have an outlet in a way to communicate to people and that's what we're trying to do now. Mm. And I, I, my goal would be for us to, how, how do we make that more effective? Mm. Because we've been talking to the wrong people for the last 20 years. And, and can I speak to that for a second? Yeah. One, one thing you and I've talked about, you know, you keep saying you've, you've spent a, a good amount of your time and investment speaking to the wrong people about it and how it works. A large part of that is you, you're not part of the factory. You know, health, the healthcare system we've created is the perfect factory. You have intake, which is patient walks into a doctor's office. You have a diagnosis, which is strictly limited by code, not by the patient scenario. They're literally assigned a number and no more than three numbers. Otherwise, now we've done too much, right? So if we exceed three diagnosis codes, now we've done too much and insurance is going to slap your wrist by saying, can't do that. If it's more than one body part, guess what? Can't do that. No. You're either going to get your reimbursement on the next code cut in half or not even accepted by insurance, which here's the problem as the provider. You may feel generous, but that's going to hit the patient because you filed it to their insurance. Insurance says, hey, we're not covering this last conversation you had with your healthcare provider. That's on you. So now that's coming out of pocket. We do things like this to create this system of patient intake, narrow diagnosis possibilities, and then the treatment options are extremely limited. We talk about bone marrow. Tell me any surgeon that's going to do a service for free that takes up to 10 to 15 minutes to draw bone marrow out of a hip spin it down and do all that and take that amount of OR time from the hospital, the surgical facility, or the surgeon itself and go, hey, you know what? You're doing this because you believe it's good medicine. Right, because just like we, we, when we do a rotator cuff, when we do a knee scope, when we do an ACL and Achilles tendon reconstruction, I draw the marrow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't get paid for that. I don't get reimbursed for that part of the procedure. Right. The hospital doesn't get reimbursed for that kit very often. I'm getting nervous over here where you're going. Well, uh, yeah, because here's the thing. Now, here's the other part of that. The hospital gets that kit for less than I do, and I helped invent it, right? So it's that harvest catheter, that kit put together. That was mine. And I can't buy it for what Baylor can get it for now because that company's been bought so a few times. So the hospital has to eat the price of that sometimes, right? But they're not, that doesn't really change their overall margin much when you're billing a $60,000 shoulder surgery. And for me, the most important part is the outcome. So that's why I spend the time to draw the marrow. That's why the hospital 
hasn't told me I can't use that kit. Now, some hospitals have. I don't go to those hospitals. Yeah. Um, there's a hospital I thought I was going to live the rest of my life at. I thought we were going to hold hands and, and sing Kumbaya someday because it's built on land I donated to the city. And we don't talk. Um, we don't, I, I mean, it was a really nasty breakup, yeah, right? Because you're not part of the factory. Because I didn't want to be an employee. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to, so them making patient care decisions for me and then tell me what to do. And it, especially when it was against what was best for the patient. And it's always against what's best for the patient when it's what's best for the insurer or the healthcare system. Very rarely is what's best for the system and the insurer best for the patient. I mean, it has to be a perfect storm for all that to cross. Mm. And it rarely is. So getting back to your point, right? This episode is the why, right? This is the, the why we do what we do, why we have a social media presence, why we're investing time in educating people. Where's the shift for you? When did it happen where you said, I'm done banging my head against this wall of, of quote unquote, progressive healthcare business and trying to convince providers that have no interest in, in getting outside of the factory system and well, and maybe not even that, that they don't have interest. They just don't have the ability. They're not going to be allowed to. It, it They're takes, literally an employee. It, it takes but you do have a, to lot really of, a lot of gusto in order for somebody to decide to make that decision because you you're going to be, be very unpopular in certain realms. For sure. And so where Just was like the, the shift? Just like the video I sent you from Jordan Peterson today. Yes. You have to be brave. Yeah, you have to be courageous. You have to be courageous. Yeah. Like you have to be courageous enough. It, I love that that clip about I trust. I think Jordan Peterson is, and people can think whatever they want about him. If they don't like him, they're just wrong. Yeah. And for right. clarification on that, Jordan Peterson has a beautiful short clip out there where he talks about getting hurt in, in your practice and your relationships. And at some point you go from being naive to being courageous whenever you take the chance again. And I think for you, that's my question yeah. is when did the courage kick in? When did you say, you know what? I'm done trying to convince people that, that are closed off to this option or this possibility. When was that? Um, when I started, when I felt like, and it, it, I, and it was kind of a crisis in, in belief actually, because there was a point at where I, um, and I, and I guess it was probably after my last business partner, um, that I trusted, um, you know, decide, decided that everything I'd ever invented and talked about was his idea. Um, but I, I think there was a point where the people that do really well in marketing and that I didn't respect from a medical point of view, were making a lot of money with stuff that they didn't even know what they were doing and misapplying things and presenting it like a rainmaker kind of, of a thing instead of a scientific patient care. And it, it bothered me and it kind of shook my core a little bit to think I, I'm never, I don't want to be that. I don't want to detrade my ethics and morality on my patient that look, that's why I do what we do. That that oath was important to me, right? So I think you know, as an as a DO, as an osteopathic physician, and then a allopathically trained surgeon, um, I you take two oaths. You take the Hippocratic oath, and you take the osteopathic oath. And the osteopathic oath is longer. The Hippocratic oath is older, but it's certainly and the Hippocratic oath is is more about taking care of the people that came before you. Like medicine no was medicine <clears throat> was supposed to be about you are training other people to do what you do. That's what the Hippocratic Oath is mostly about. And, and I took all that really serious. Like I, 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 
I, I didn't grow up with a lot. And so I didn't need a lot. But it really bothered me when I watched people take what I thought I'd worked really hard to help establish to start to carve out and help prove it worked and watch people kind of run with it as charlatans, you know, and making a fortune and using the word stem cell all the time. And, and, and I had kind of a crisis in belief of, wait a minute, if I have to do that, I don't, maybe I made some poor choices because I don't want to do that to be successful. I want to be able to do it the right way and be successful. What am, what am I doing different than they're doing? Well, it was about, they created a narrative because the marketing social media presence was really important to them. And they realized that because I was too busy working and taking care of people to be able to create that aura of, of stem cell science, right? Because I think of it, it doesn't have a big aura. It's not some big mystery. It's mm -hmm. science, right? There's really good pathophysiology. Like you can look at stuff under a microscope. Mm -hmm. You can understand the pathways and how cells communicate and figuring out how the body heals is not reinventing the wheel. Understand mm -hmm. that pathway, augment it, help it do it better. Try not to do things that get in the way of it. Mm -hmm. I just never had a way to communicate that other than seeing a patient and having that conversation with them. And I was, I lost a lot of my science, a lot of my ideas, a lot of our results. Like there are x-rays from my clinic that other people use in their talks yeah. that are selling stem cell injections that they're not even allowed to do an injection on anybody because they're not licensed to. So they hire some other licensed professional to come in and inject cells that this person prepared. How did I lose that narrative and, and it was about media presence and, mm -hmm. and marketing. Mm -hmm. And, and I never took that serious because it wasn't serious to me. Mm -hmm. Um, now I understand in the age of access to material, look, I, when I studied, I had to go to the library. Like I had to look up articles the hard way. Mm -hmm. I had to read a book, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to do any of that anymore with the access to information. I, I fell behind because I was still trudging away one patient at a time. And if, if, because that's what I enjoy, mm -hmm. right? And it's what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's the thing I, it's where I, it's where I look most alive and most happy is when I'm taking care of someone and talking it's to a patient. It's your comfort place. Right? Yeah. It, it, it's the reason I gave up those 20s and 30s, right? Yeah. The marketing thing, like this, like my favorite part about social media right now, let me just, I'll tell you on it, when you look at the trolls, like one of the common, like I want people to say, oh my God, I learned so much about the way a stem cell works today. Nope. The comment <laughs> we get on the podcast was, woo, woo, Ric Flair. Because when the, remember the, when I had I, the, the hair, I desperately needed a haircut. My hair is all wavy. And someone talked about Ric Flair and I'm like, wow. And then someone make up, oh, you need to shave your neck. And I'm like. A neck beard. Yeah, a neck beard. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So now you're being wow. introduced to the trolls. Right. Yeah. Internet. So, so, and honestly. Uh, it was funny. Like, I mean, I, honestly, mm. it's the most entertaining part to me is out of all the stuff on the episode, what you brought up was my hair. Okay, cool. But man, what about what we were talking about? Yeah. Right? And, and so I, that's the reason I never took media presence marketing. But that is like the hard part, I would say, because we're trying to reach the community of Terry's. Like our two episodes ago, Miss Terry Hamrick, yeah. how she, I mean, she said she spent hours 
researching and, and so, you have and, to spend hours because yes, i'm not page one to, to get to <laughs> right. the like valid information and she so, literally went to a conference in another country to meet me yeah, yeah. just to get more information right. because there wasn't that much access to it on the internet and i feel like we're still like having that battle because it is such a small niche that just like you said your mom's still searching you know stem cells and how to get it and fat tissue like people are still in the basic level of understanding of it and so including most physicians including including most which is really physicians. sad so but, so to your point yeah, but, i think the but, shift uh, it, it was hannah is hannah right? it was hannah mm -hmm. it was the exposure to digital it was it which was i totally understand now like the internal frustration like you were fighting of i've been working really hard i've seen how now stem cell words just get twisted around and now it's this cheesy market and i don't want to be associated with that right. <laughs> like, I, like, we have to market do this and yeah. i want to do a tiktok and i'm like i don't want to be that guy i don't want yeah right? like i want to be given i, I the want patience on the schedule i want people to be passionate about seeking out this the the how medicine really works because i think that's how we've really uh just progressed in like our whole entire relationship of everyone's marketing initially is okay how are you going to convert that to patients though yeah. like how's that going to convert to dollars and like that was our main goal but now it's progressed to a point of no like we're just really passionate about getting a new narrative out there and you know changing yeah. just the standards for everyone and so now it's more of how do we get our podcast, how do we get our message out to the most people possible? For someone that has, that's an independent doctor to say, I'm gonna close the traditional part of my practice and focus all of my effort and time on this. Keeping the doors open, I don't want to be my job. I was still gonna have to be explaining that stem cell is legal because it's part of you and I can use you to help you heal. I would have quit tells the story you're listening to a patient's story you're combining your own experience and expertise in your story to it is the best validity ever is that maybe the reason for the podcast maybe the reason for struggling with the media content stuff maybe it really is just about 